out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creek. Hey, hey, paper people! Welcome to Out of Paper, episode 18 overall. Getting to it right out of the gate. <laughs> no messing around this time. No messing around. Today we will be talking about season 2, episode 12 of The Office, The Injury. Indeed we will. And... I'm super happy to be doing this, because I love this episode a lot. Me too. Yeah. Super excited. So how's the move going? Pretty good. Yeah? Done for the most part. Getting everything settled into its happy place? Pretty much. Yeah? All that's really left is uh, get some of the stuff from my old place. Uh, I've gone through like half the stuff to see what I want to throw away versus take. Oof, yeah. That's always like... It's a long process. It's a long process. And I've still got a little more of that to do, and then just grab the rest of my things, a couple car trips at the most, maybe, and uh, cross the T's, dot the I's and the umlauts, and it should be all set. I need to come get that desk. You do, actually. I was going to bring that up to you at some point when we weren't recording and ask uh, if you can do that. Now that Carrie's birthday stuff is all wrapped up and life returns to normal, I'll have time to do that this week. All right. So well, that's good because if you didn't, then that desk is getting hauled away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cool. Well, we can sort that out. Not in the air. Indeed. Yes. Well, how you doing, man? I'm fantastic. How's your camping trip? It was just what the doctor ordered. Nice. Yeah. Settled. Took care of that yearning. It did. That we talked about. Yeah. Even more satisfying than I was expecting it to be. Very nice. Something about. Sitting in nature. You don't even have to be doing anything. Just, you know, being out there. It's rejuvenating in a way. Yeah. Settles the spirit, so to speak. It does. Yeah. It's true. And living in a city, sometimes you don't realize that that's what you need every so often. So, Dude, no, I 100% understand. I mean, having just moved, as we were just talking about, like, and now living not so much in the city as you do and I used to when I lived right down the block from you. Yeah. I feel that same kind of rejuvenation. And over the past week, if anything, I feel like most of the time I've been avoiding coming back into Portland proper if I can, because I can drive into the city and have to deal with congestion and a ton Mm -hmm. of people and cars, or I could stay surrounded by rolling hills with Mount Hood looming over me in the distance. And drive around to these like kind of more rural parts of town that I never, or the metropolitan area that I never explored before. And right. It's, uh, it's weird. I feel like it's its own bubble in a sense, but I also feel weirdly more connected to the real world than I did now that I'm not living right in the middle of a city. Right. Like, I feel like the people I interact with are more representative of people throughout Normal, the world just, not just yeah. right here <laughs> regular people yeah yeah, and yeah. it feels good i wasn't sure how i'd feel about that after being in the bubble for so long mm-hmm. but it feels really good yeah for sure yeah get back in touch with the heartland yeah 
Maybe I'll just have to go driving. I also looked it up. I'm about uh, 35, 40 minutes now from Mount Hood. Oh, yeah. At the most. Oh, yeah. And it's pretty much a direct shot from where I'm at. Yep. Just drive one street, one direction, and I'm there. It's a true story. It's pretty great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Feels nice. Indeed. Well, awesome. We're both doing great. Yeah. Enjoying that nature. Love it. Good stuff. Let's get in some news. Let's do it. The rivalry between Jenna Fisher and John Krasinski surrounding the Stanley Cup finals is now over. Jenna Fisher won the war, so to speak, but not before John Krasinski could get one more (laughs) battle victory in there. And we're going to do something we've never done for a news segment. Are we now? We're going to play a clip. Whoa. Of... A short video that John Krasinski took specifically for Jenna Fisher while attending the final game of the Stanley Cup this year. Let's do it. Game 7 Stanley Cup. Jenna Fisher, I know we've been uh, having our ups and downs recently. I just wanted to say I'm really sorry you're not here. This is your seat right here. And uh, I was really bummed that you couldn't make it. But listen, honestly... Let's just have the best team win. Both teams have been playing great. Yeah, sorry. Both teams have been playing incredibly well. And I think it's just an exciting series for hockey and for all things. And I just think at the end of the day, it's about hockey. It's about hockey fans. So uh, good luck to Jenna, by the way. Well, there you have it. John Krasinski. I guess it's kind of difficult to hear what's happening, but... Uh, the person that he gave Jenna Fisher's seat to is uh, none other than David Denman, who plays Roy in The Office. Yep. So the St. Louis Blues ended up winning the Stanley Cup and the Boston Bruins lost. So in the end, Jenna won. But it's just funny that John Krasinski <laughs> got David Denman to show up with him in the last game. Yeah. Do you think uh, David Denman left Jim, forgot him in the bathroom, and left with his brother at the end of the game? I hope so. (laughs) That'd be amazing. John Krasinski has always refused to go to sports games with David Denman. I never knew why. (laughs) No one really knew why. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. With that, I say we jump into the episode. Let's do it. Let's jump in. As I said before, this is Season 2, Episode 12, The Injury. It aired on January 12th, 2006, and we broke the 10 million viewer threshold! Woo! 10.3 million viewers. Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, up about, I guess, 400,000 viewers since the last episode. All right. Show's starting to pick up steam. Yeah. The Booze Cruise was a good one, so maybe people were talking. It's true. That was talking around the water cooler. Was great, yeah. This episode was written by Mindy Kaling and directed by Brian Gordon, right? Who we've met before in the episode "The Alliance." Indeed, we have. Which, in my opinion, was one of the strongest episodes of season one. Yeah. So, agree with you there. Glad to have Brian back. Unfortunately, this is the final episode he will be directing for the series. Oh, it's a bummer. Isn't it? Yeah. The Alliance and this episode are both really great. Yeah. So, sad to see you go, Brian. Well, I feel like that guy has no shortage of work, it seems like. so. It's true. 
This was also 13 years ago, so. Yeah. <laughs> but he's continued to have no shortage of work since then. It's true. So, episode opens with a cold open, and we got a clip. All right. Because really good stuff. It's also really long, just warning you. <laughs> this, I think this must be the longest cold open this show's had so far. Are there any 45-second uh, moments of silence in the middle of it? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Thunder Mifflin, this is Pam. Pam, it's Michael. Help me. I need help right now. Michael, what's wrong? I'm hurt. I have hurt myself. Oh my god. Okay, wait, 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 wait. This is not looking good, Pam. Michael, do you need me to call an ambulance? No, I want you to pick me up. Okay. Wait a second. I thought you said that you were hurt. I am hurt. I hurt my foot. Pam. I want to come to work, but I need you to come and pick me up. No, God! Hey, whoa, Michael. Oh, God! It's okay. It's Jim. Just say again really loudly uh, what happened. Okay. I burned my foot very badly on my foreman grill, and I now need someone to come and bring me into work. You burned your foot on a foreman grill. I enjoy having breakfast in bed. I like waking up to the smell of bacon. Sue me. And since I don't have a butler, I have to do it myself. So... Most nights before I go to bed, I will lay six strips of bacon out on my George Foreman grill. Then I go to sleep. When I wake up, I plug in the grill. I go back to sleep again. Then I wake up to the smell of crackling bacon. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Today, I got up, I stepped onto the grill, and I clamped down on my foot. That's it. I don't see what's so hard to believe about that. Pam, could you come get me? Uh, I have to stay here and answer the phone. Okay, could someone come and get me, please, Ryan? Michael, you should stay home and rest. There's no toilet paper here. Could Ryan... Tell Ryan to bring toilet paper. Could you tell him that? Can you hop? I tried hopping, Kevin, and I bumped my elbow against the wall, and now my elbow has a protuberance. (laughs) No one wants to pick me up? What is going on? What is going on? Michael is um, sick, and he wants one of us to rescue him. I'm not sick. I'm, I'm coming, Michael. Oh. I'm going to save you. Oh, Michael is in trouble. I do not okay. want to Okay, hold on, Michael. I am coming. Wait I there. Michael, why don't you call your girlfriend? I don't have a girlfriend. But you said you went out this weekend. It was all made up. Just someone come, okay? Anyone. Anyone but Dwight. Oh, he hit the pole. It's broken, right? He can't. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Dwight. Dwight. Oh! Oh, oh, oh my, my gosh. God. Is he okay? He's still driving. Dwight, you forgot your bumper. Hello? Please don't send Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> I think we definitely need to go into a bit of an explanation for some of the... Oh, yeah. Just, oh! Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> A, it's disgusting that Michael leaves bacon out just sitting in a foreman grill. All night? All night long. So, you know what? I was thinking, I, I noticed your face, and I've always had that same reaction when we were listening to the clip. And I did a quick Google search while we were listening to see if that would actually be okay, thinking about how heavily preserved bacon is. Mm-hmm. And it looks like uh, it's a mixed verdict on that one. It's like mm. some bacons, that's actually fine. Mm-hmm. 
that the FDA recommends if you do not refrigerate bacon to use it within 10 days and you're okay. Whoa. But apparently not all grocery store bacons fit that criteria. So right. It still sounds gross to me that Michael just leaves raw bacon out all night, every night in his bedroom. Right. But (laughs) also why doesn't he just buy a timer for the George Foreman grill to turn on you know, before Michael's alarm goes off. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess he never thought of it. And it would also shut itself off after, like, you know, you can program it to go for 15, 20 minutes, however long it takes to cook your bacon, and then just cut the power to it. <laughs> I mean, do you think Michael even necessarily knows that that technology exists? I guess Considering not, it's Michael, he lives a different kind of lifestyle, you know? He yeah. puts a bag of microwave vegetables, you know, <laughs> sets yeah. it up. Glass of sangria, sits down, watches TV shows. Before you know it, time for bed. Oh, man. (laughs) He lives a simple life. He does. (laughs) What else? Oh, when he's he's asking if someone could tell Ryan to come get him, like you see Ryan walking up in the background, and as soon as he hears his name, he like backsteps slowly out of frame. (laughs) Poor Ryan in this episode. Perpetually having to run from Michael. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so Dwight hits the pole, and then we see... Yeah, out of the parking lot, smashes quick, very fast into the pole. Yes. Head on. Yeah. And, uh, everyone runs to the windows in the conference room to see Mm -hmm. what happened. Maybe Michael's office. Might have been, yeah. Yeah, since he wasn't there. But, uh, yeah, you see Dwight stumble out of the car. He's all disoriented. You see him throw up violently. Yeah, projectile vomit. Onto the back (laughs) of his car. Back windshield. And that was one of the points where everyone was like, whoa! (laughs) Rear window. Yeah, so then Dwight just gets back in his car and drives away, leaves his bumper. Yeah, his bumper completely detached and it's just right. left in the parking lot. He just drives around it. I mean, it was like half in the parking lot, over the sidewalk, into the street, pretty uh-huh. much. Like, yeah. Didn't look good. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Intro credits roll, and then we see Dwight getting back to the office with Michael in tow. Uh, Michael walks in and like wishes everybody good morning and tells everyone not to freak out. I forbid you from freaking out. I forbid you from freaking out. (laughs) He's talking very softly and gentle, you know, says, I know it might be weird to see me with this injury, but it'll get better. (laughs) God willing. Let's describe what he looks like too. He's on a set of crutches. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's limping very exaggeratedly, and he has his one foot suspended entirely in the air, completely wrapped in bubble wrap. Bubble wrap, yeah. He's wearing sweatpants uh-huh. and a button-down shirt untucked. And he's got the sweatpants rolled up on the knee, up to the knee on the foot that he injured in the grill. That's right. Uh, so and that a, room for the bubble wrap. And he's got a <laughs> sneaker on the other foot. Yes. And he's also wearing, like, a business blazer. Yeah, it was like a. It looked like it was like a long. It was like a pea coat or something, maybe. Oh, was it? it? I think honestly, I think it just looked that way because uh, of the way of the his crutches. shoulders were lifted. Yeah. So I think the padded shoulders, like mixed with him, like arching his arms for the crutches. Like, uh-huh. also he had the crutches like set way too high for him, which is why his arms <laughs> were like all the way up here. But yeah, it's just a pretty ridiculous scene. <laughs> Have you noticed there's a lot of times where Creed will also be wearing sweatpants along with a collared shirt and tie and 
Oh, the really? Jacket. I feel like there's like I've noticed a lot of random episodes. It's just like, is that? Yep. Nice. Wear sweatpants again. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so he asks everybody, you know, just just treat him normal. Normal would be good after the trauma he's gone through this morning. And uh, Pam informs him that he's already missed two conference calls, one from corporate. Mm -hmm. Michael turns and he asks Pam, like, oh, did you tell them why? And Pam was like, no, I did not tell them that you cooked your foot. (laughs) So Michael returns, burn my foot, Pam. (laughs) And while he's doing that, He's standing next to Jim's desk, and Jim just reaches his hand over and starts popping the bubbles on Mike's bubble wrap cast. Yeah. <laughs> Michael asks him to stop, and Jim asks where where Michael's shipping his foot. <laughs> Michael retorts with, ha, 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 where are you shipping? And then he stops and couldn't think of anything, and Dwight chimes in, your, your foot. foot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then we get a clip of Michael in his office with Dwight, and Pam comes in. Dwight is running a small electric fan just above the opening of the bubble wrap of his cast, <laughs> presumably to cool off his foot, which can't breathe while wrapped in plastic. Yep. <laughs> Pam, messages, please. You didn't have any. Really? Well, seemed uh, very important to you earlier that you needed to stay and... Do my job? No. Your job is being my friend, Pam. Oh, God! It slipped. What? Sorry. It's just that before you said you didn't want any special treatment. I don't want any special treatment, Pam. I just want you to treat me like you would a family member who's undergone some sort of serious physical trauma. I don't think that's too much to ask. Do you want some aspirin because you seem a little fussy? No, I don't want some aspirin. Yeah, I am fussy. Aspirin's not going to do a damn thing. I'm sitting here with the bloody stump of a foot. Pam, I am assistant regional manager, and I can take care of him. Part of my duties are to... What? Part of your duties are to what? What? You just said that part of your duties are to something. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. What is wrong with you? (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) So we get the first signs that Dwight might be partially concussed. Yeah. I want to mention, too, uh, before we get past it, that that line from michael your job is to be my friend pam is yeah. one of my favorite lines of maybe like this whole season maybe the whole series <laughs> wow i feel like it's just very telling about michael that that's oh, yeah. how he viewed or just how he views pam and his staff in general you know <laughs> yeah pam picking up the phone is very secondary to why she's there <laughs> yeah she's there to be his friend it's true <laughs> and it's her job right i also want to say uh I I never felt Dwight's sentence was that weird. Am I wrong here? I mean, it's not grammatically correct because he's ending it with a preposition, but it, it makes logical sense to me. Let me take care of him. Part of my duties are to, like, right. to I, take care of him. I think his inflection was meant to be more... Like it was the like he was about to start going on and explain all But I, but I feel like it's still... It's like no, they could have picked a sentence that... I agree. That was completely clear instead of clear-ish. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
as much as I like it, I was like, why do they go with that? You know, they could have, yeah, or just ended it. You know, part of my duties, end it there. Part of your duties, like I feel like that <laughs> yeah. would be more. Yeah, I don't know, right? Or even just part of my duties are, yeah, yeah. But I always felt a little confused by that. I was like, you know, I've heard people say things that are more awkward than that throughout day to day speaking, with that, with or without the awareness that they're speaking weirdly. Right. And they're not suffering a concussion. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. it does kind of work there. So yeah. And that struck me in the past too. I, I guess because I knew it co- it was coming this time, I didn't really mm-hmm. put much thought into it. But yeah, I agree with you. And I feel like that I wish they had left in that deleted talking head with Dwight in the conference room because I felt like that did a much better job of yeah. showing his weirdness when he just cuts off his own sentence halfway. I don't even remember what it was about, but it was a very clear yeah. weird jump. And then he's like, the thing to realize is I can run about 80% faster than most than all snakes. <laughs> yeah. Or I can run faster than 80% of all snakes and then just moves on to completely separate topic after right. bringing that up. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's that's like there's a brain injury there of some kind. That's <laughs> <laughs> a love. Michael's exaggeration when he says, and I'm just sitting here with a bloody stump of a foot. Oh my God. I also like that Michael, when Dwight gets too close to the fan and clips the bubble wrap, he goes, ah, yeah. Like it just hit bubble wrap. His foot wasn't anywhere near that. It's true. It's true. (laughs) But I do that a lot. So I see where Michael's coming from. I don't know about you, but if I like accidentally drop something in my apartment. Yeah knock something off a shelf as it hits i'll go ow (laughs) that's funny i don't know why preemptive like just in case it hits your foot or something no i could be across the room from it oh wow just watch something fall and be like ah (laughs) yeah no i guess i'm the same way it depends on what it is but yeah yeah but it could be something that's not yeah anything that's heavier than a piece of paper i guess right i used to work above a dentist's office and I was dealing with these like almost five foot tall giant rolls of, you know, printing material and laminate and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And the floors, it was a second floor in this old building downtown and had wooden floors that were all warped. And I can't even count how many times I would move a roll of material. These things weigh 60 to 70 pounds. Uh-huh. And... You know, you just put it down, walk away. All of a sudden, it teeters and falls. Oh, no. And I always felt so bad for the people that were getting dental work done below. Yeah. I really hope the people who are, you know, all up in these people's mouths with Hopefully that dentist sharp has a steady tools. hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not easily distracted. Exactly. That's what I was getting at. It's yeah, like, I hope they have like terrifying. nerves of steel. Did you ever hear a yelp from the dentist's office after something dropped? <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess it would have to be during a cleaning, and it wouldn't be anything worse than a yelp. Yeah, because there would be maybe someone got you know poked with one of those metal poker things, whatever those do. Right, scrapers. Yeah, and uh, but I feel like anything more serious, you know, where there's a drill involved, that person's mouth is going to be numb enough that they wouldn't feel Mm. any slip, which makes it all the scarier. Right. I mean, I, I can't imagine how it would feel if you're getting dental work done and everything's completely numb. And suddenly your dentist goes, oh, shit. Oh, God. Like, oh, no. <laughs> you always had a hole in that, that cheek, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did 
Did you have a cavity on your back, molar? <laughs> no? Oh, well, kind of do now. <laughs> <laughs> At least in what's left of your back, molar. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just drilled off the the top left edge of your tooth there. Just going to explore this with Mr. Thirsty here. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Thirsty. Oh, that's hilarious. That's uh, I took that from Brian Cranston in Seinfeld. When he's oh, right. His mouth, he, right. This is, you remember Mr. Thirsty and shoves the sucker in Kramer's <laughs> bottom lip. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say my dentist growing up called it that. Mr. Thirsty? Yeah. yeah. Either that or Mr. Vacuum or something like that. I don't know. It had He personified it somehow. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so after this brief little meeting in Michael's office, we cut to Dwight. His phone's ringing. He's not answering it. He's staring at his computer screen and furiously typing his name repeatedly into a name folder field on yep. his desktop. <laughs> and it looks like he's putting a lot of work into it based on the expression on his face. Yeah, like almost it, straining to like yeah. <laughs> type it as many times and as fast he's as he can. He's working really hard on that yeah. project. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Michael in the conference room overlooking the inventory of his to-go bag full of food that Ryan has procured from him and for him. him, What did I say? From him? I think you said from him. Yes. For him. And it contains cornbread, Mm -hmm. three rotisserie chickens worth of all dark meat and creamed spinach. And Michael asks, where are the yams? (laughs) They were out of yams. Did you go to the one in Stroudsburg? Yes. And they had no yams. And they had no yams. How strange. They always have yams. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked it up, and Stroudsburg is about an hour drive from Scranton. Oh, man. <laughs> so Michael was expecting Ryan to do a two-hour round trip just to go to some fast food place in Stroudsburg to get him these this meal. Not to jump ahead too much, but did you look up Carbondale later in the episode? Yeah, too? yeah. yeah. I did that, uh, not this time, but once before. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the gas station in Carbondale did not have fresh yams. <laughs> Michael really wants these yams. <laughs> I know. I love, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. It's also weird that this episode, even though I ate maybe two hours before watching this mm-hmm. uh, to take notes, I it made me really crave Boston Market. That's always what I think of whenever he's listing off the ingredients that are in the bag. I mean, that's the only place he'd be able to get all that stuff, like, ready, hot, and ready to eat that I can think of. You're probably right. Reliably. You're probably right. I, they don't have those on the West Coast, do they? Not that I've seen, at least not this far up north. Yeah. I feel like maybe when we were driving through California, I remember seeing one or two, but maybe oh, really? not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it has Boston in the name, so it makes sense. It'd be predominantly an East Coast thing. Yeah. Man. And it's not like Boston Market's the greatest it's really not. food ever, but I, I'd go there if yeah. it was nearby. I miss Hell it. Hell yeah. As far as fast food goes, it uh, wasn't the worst you could do. But I crave it. I it, yearn for it. <laughs> <laughs> We're barely into this episode. Now I'm starving. Yeah. You know, I also miss Little Apple Deli. <laughs> the best way to approach that place was to pretend you were deaf when you went in there. I think that's true. <laughs> this yeah. little deli we used to go to, this woman... I don't think they're in business anymore either. Oh, really? This yeah. this poor this poor woman was just always so desperate for conversation that she would sit there 
I remember one time specifically I was in there and she was talking shit about all of these other like chain sandwich shops. Uh-huh. And she was really pissed off that they didn't put the tomato directly on the bread, but underneath the lettuce. Yeah. That was on the bread. Which I think makes sense to not put the tomato directly against the bread. I mean, I could see where she was coming from because sometimes tomatoes can be slippery. So if you uh, have them on true. the bread and on the mayonnaise on the bread or mustard or whatever you get mm-hmm. on there, they're pretty stuck and they don't slip around. She had some very specific ideas oh, of how to man. make a sandwich. And she would talk your ear off for, I'd say for as long as you'd allow it. Yeah. I, I feel like if if she was closing up, she would put it off and stay there probably well into the night if somebody would sit there talking. It's a true story. Yeah. I remember so many times we would be like, halfway out the door and just like waiting for that small window to be like, all right, thanks a lot. Bye. Yep. And you just, uh, it was crazy. It was a great, epiphany. great sandwich. It was an epiphany when I went there with Matt and he uh. just cut her off mid sentence and said, yeah, thanks so much. Bye. And just walked out <laughs> and I followed him. I was like, Oh my God, you could do that. <laughs> it never occurred to me to be that impolite, but now I find myself doing it in life all the time. Sometimes yeah. that's the only way to go. I know. I you know, some people They'll just trap you. Yeah, and they don't understand that, you know, you have limited time and you don't want to spend it talking to a random stranger in public. Yeah. Sometimes it has nothing to do with your personality or anything. It's just, you know, no. time is precious and some people want to spend it doing other things. Mhm. Yeah. What are you going to do? But she made a great sandwich. She did make a great sandwich. Yeah. I miss that sandwich. I'll talk to her all day if I can get another one of those sandwiches. <laughs> a little apple jelly sandwich from Boston Market. All right, all right. Side. Holy cow. <laughs> My mouth is watering. Let's just stop recording and eat dinner. <laughs> Go get some food. Yeah. Let's get out of here. So we cut to <laughs> Dwight at Pam's desk. Uh, Pam is fiddling with some electronic device, and Dwight looks over and says, Oh, cool. Is that a new Prism Durosport? <laughs> Pam's surprised that he knows what it is and she explains that Roy got it for her for Christmas instead of the iPod and yep. Dwight's like, Oh, it's okay. This thing's so much better than an iPod. It's it's more sturdy and chunky. Yep. <laughs> Did you, by the way, uh look at the website they made for the Prism? No, but I heard yeah, I was Dura gonna sports. No, I didn't. It's hilarious. Really? Yeah, they nice. have like the model of it's not what Pam had, but it was their newest model, and it looks like basically they disassembled like a bicycle lock and jammed all these metal pieces together into this giant chunky thing that it claims weighs only six pounds, so it's easy to transport in a backpack. <laughs> and yeah, they have uh, if you click on the product itself and look at the pictures, it has side links to. And uh, iTunes adapter, which is a giant cassette deck player that you have to buy your own cassette tapes for. Oh, my God. And they have a Wi-Fi adapter, which looks like it's also just like this five-pound uh, orb <laughs> that you plug into your Prism Duro Sport. It's so great. <laughs> it's in line with the Sabre Pyramid. Yeah, it's the Sabre Pyramid <laughs> is like an amazing piece of technology compared to the stuff I know, that I'm just... Prism is making. <laughs> Well, no, and I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, as you were describing all this stuff, my mind kept drifting to that. Yeah, it makes sense. How how much memory did it have? 50L? (laughs) Without the booster? 
That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she's trying to put music on this music player, and Dwight notices that the site she's buying MP3s from is expensive. And he says, oh, no, you don't want to use that site. Here, there's this other Russian site that allows you to buy songs for pennies. And uh, he goes to type in the uh, website and says to Pam that the only downside is all of the songs are in Russian. Pam rolls her eyes and sighs, and Dwight goes, Kidding. <laughs> why why would you why would you want songs in why would Russian? They be in Russian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Pam like kinda, you know, laughs along with him and Yeah, I feel like she had looked away from Dwight and written him off. Yeah. It's just Dwight was being a jerk. Yeah. And it's like he was genuinely being helpful. Yeah. She's into it. And they had this little buddy moment. Mm-hmm. And Dwight says, Well, Okay, thanks for talking, Pan. Walks away. <laughs> Pan? Pam's just left at her desk confused, like, Pan? <laughs> and uh, at the time this episode aired, there was a Russian website selling MP3s for pennies called allofmp3.com. Is that website still up? Probably not. Maybe. Let's I mean, see if we can get some. I'm going to click on it right now. All right. Uh, this link's not going to work for that, so I'm just going to sidestep it and not do it right now. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Take too much time. So following this, uh, we get a clip of Michael, who needs help. Pam. Oh, God. What? Come here, please. Tell me before I come there. No, I need to rub butter on my foot. No. Pam, please. I have country crock. No. Ryan! 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 These guys. <laughs> I love that he says, I have country crock. Like, that's going to change your mind. <laughs> Sweetens the deal. Yeah. Oh, in that case. <laughs> love the tone of his voice Pam can you please <laughs> come here rub butter on my foot <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so ridiculous it's just the helpless flailing of his crutch against the window as he's trying to get Ryan's attention it's really just he looks so pathetic doing it he does <laughs> <laughs> and the noises he makes He's oh, over he, here. <laughs> yeah. Leans over to get his crutch and he's like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> I noticed in the deleted scenes, he was making way more noise in all the scenes where he was moving around than in most of the ones that made it into the final cut. As in like he would move and you would hear like the shifting of. Well, no, just his voice. Oh, his, like, his I whining. Like in and, a lot of the deleted yeah. scenes, there were points where. He, I guess in, in the episode, they didn't show him, like, hobbling across a room that much. They would just show him kind of where he was going and maybe moving a few feet. Right. And pushing past people or talking to them while he was moving. So, he, But I feel like there were a lot of deleted scene moments where he's hobbling without speaking. And the whole time he's moving, he's just going, ah! 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 <laughs> <laughs> His foot's not even near the ground. No, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely being dramatic. He was fussy. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Dwight at Pam's desk again. He's giving her a case for her prism. 
And I like that he just has that on. Yeah, him. so weird. Maybe <laughs> maybe he like found some Chinese manufacturer who. It's like one of those things where you have to buy five or else it doesn't warrant the cost of shipping. Mm, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he gets her the case. He tells her that it's indestructible now. He tells her to chuck her prism across the room. So Pam throws it about six feet and Dwight goes to receive it. Mm-hmm. Picks it up, studies it and says, oh, no, it's broken. Pam's like briefly sad for a minute, also probably a little angry that Dwight told her to throw throw it. Yeah, I think she says, "What does she say?" She's like, "Seriously?" Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dwight says, "No, I'm kidding again." And they share another little buddy moment, like, mm-hmm. "Ha ha ha, you're so funny." And as Dwight is leaving Pam's desk, he does the little like drumming of the yeah, desk as he walks hat. away. Yeah, that Jim normally does. Uh-huh. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Fun little moment. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the camera kind of pans over to Jim, and Jim's just looking at the both of them, kind of like weirded out. <laughs> Probably like a little nervous, you know, like, no, this this is going to totally mess up the dynamic of the office if you two become friends. So we get a talking head with Jim. Mm-hmm. He tells the camera, he's like, so I guess Pam and Dwight are friends now. <laughs> and then we immediately cut to a talking head with Pam, and she says, oh, God, no, Dwight is not my friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dwight's kind of my friend. After she thinks about it for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut to Michael on the phone. He says, nope, no one is helping me out at all, Mom. <laughs> no, I'm not going to call Jan. She'll just worry and come down here and make a big thing of it. <laughs> Who told you that? No, it wasn't. It was mutual. What is Pam doing chatting with you? <laughs> I uh, I took some notes about this scene that I want to point out yeah. specifically. Um, I checked; it didn't look like you uh, at least jotted this down. Uh-uh. So I noticed, in addition to uh, that, he's to set the stage for this scene. Just because I never really took it all in as much as I did this time, paying a special attention to it. He's lying down on the sofa that he dragged into the conference room, covered in a plaid blanket. Yeah, and he's got like a thing of butter. That's opened with a knife there uh-huh. to spread on his foot, I guess, and a thing of lotion on the table next to him. And more than that, while he's talking to his mother on the phone, I think you see literally every single cast member of the show doing something in the window behind him to the point where it's insane how much is going on during this one conversation. Yeah. I actually wrote it all down just because okay. I was yeah. taken aback by it. So when he starts talking, you see on the left, Jim and Oscar are engaged in what looks like a very lively conversation. And uh, then Phyllis gets up from her desk, like pushes past Meredith, who's standing in the middle of the office talking to nobody, <laughs> um, makes her way over to a binder, starts going through price points with Dwight, who walks up and is now referencing a piece of paper talking about the binder with Phyllis. <laughs> As that's happening... Um, we see Creed get up and stand in the middle of the room and then, like, exit stage right. Mm -hmm. And then we see on the left, Kevin and Toby are having a conversation that also looks very lively. Jim and Oscar's conversation breaks up and they leave. And then we see Pam and Angela both walk out from the right side. Pam goes all the way across the room and Angela just goes back to her desk. And then we see Stanley get up and, like, go somewhere from his desk and... Kelly walks out and joins Toby and Kevin. Huh. 
And it's just like, I don't think I've ever seen that much physical movement. That's a lot of And maybe an entire episode of The Office, as opposed like, yeah. especially when it's like a 30 second sequence, just like what, like literally nobody is doing any work at their desk the entire time Michael's <laughs> on this phone call and they're all moving around in circles. That's funny. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. It's mostly just people sitting there talking on the phone, if right. anything, or quietly typing. That's really funny. But yeah, and it just stuck out to me. It was like, what is going on here? Huh, good catch. Yeah. I did, I feel like thinking back, I noticed the activity, but I didn't really focus on it. But yeah, but so. literally everybody, even people in the annex, everybody makes it into that room and is just moving and interacting wow. and doing something. Wild. Yeah. Huh. It almost makes me wonder if they were shooting in that room for background shots or establishing shots and we just didn't see the camera while they were also shooting Michael's talking head and they just figured, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Could be. Although it's a single camera show, isn't it? So I guess that wouldn't mm. be the case. I don't know. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. It could have just been for the shot. Maybe they just thought it, the, the scene would be sleepy with Michael just sitting there and everybody also just sitting at their desk. Totally. Yeah. But it's, they went the complete opposite direction. It's just straight up bustling. Right. I mean, it looks like after Andy announces the incentive program. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Angela at the Annex vending machine. Dwight comes like jogging into the room. I don't know if you caught that. But as the camera's like uh, setting up the shot for the scene, it kind of like follows Dwight who's like running into the break room in the annex. Yeah. No. He kind of gets like right up behind Angela and he says, Hmm, do you like candy? <laughs> Angela kind of like glances up at the camera and sheepishly says, It's all right. Dwight goes, Because you're sweeter than candy. <laughs> she says, What is wrong with you? And Dwight's just being like very playful and she turns to walk away. <laughs> he like slaps both of her ass cheeks as if they're like bongo In rapid drums. succession. Yeah, yeah it's hilarious. Like yeah. very cute and endearing. Yeah, and Angela ridiculous. Like, yeah, turns around and goes to swat him away, and Dwight just runs out of the yeah. room. <laughs> it's both sexual and something that a little kid would do. Right, it's a hilarious mix. Yeah. And yeah, I love that. Uh, much later, spoiler alert in the series when they're airing commercials for the fictional documentary series about the office mm. and they're watching the commercials in the office. I love that they used that scene specifically for one of the commercials. That's right. Dwight slapping Angela's ass <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> you see Angela's reaction, like yeah. eyes roll up to the ceiling as yeah. it shows it. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, so we see Toby and Ryan are in the break room. Toby's grabbing some string cheese for the both of them out of the fridge. Uh-huh. And Michael is attempting to open the door with his crutches. <laughs> literally, like, trying to grip the handle of the door with both ends of the crutches. Yeah. And he manages to open the door a little bit, but it shuts on him again. And out of frustration, he just starts trying to get Ryan's attention to help him open the door by... <laughs> Again, flailing his crutch into the blinds of the window on the door. I feel like he's acting like someone that's somehow hobbling around in a full body cast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like way more disabled. Nothing that would stop a person from even just putting down the crutches and opening the door. Exactly. You don't even have to put the crutches foot. down. You just 
hobble over to the side of the door and you just, you know, you keep the crutch under your armpit as you open the I door. Say, all he really realistically needs is one crutch, assuming his foot is hurt totally. even half as much as he's making it out to be. Yeah, it's true. But not Michael. No. <laughs> so Ryan helps him out, opens the door. No. <laughs> Yeah, as he's, like, flailing on the window and everything, Ryan's, like, doing his best to just, like, not turn around and uh-huh. look at him. <laughs> he finally gives in. We get a funny clip of Michael in the bathroom. <laughs> Why don't you just dive right in? You know, around age 12, I just started going for it. You know? <laughs> What what happened? I fell off the toilet. I'm caught between the toilet and the wall. What do you need? No, not you. Someone else. Get Pam. I think Pam's gonna want to come into the men's room. Get Ryan. Oh, he needs to lift me, and he needs to clean me up a little bit. Bring a wet towel. Ryan is uh, dead. No, he's not. Dead. I just saw him. No. Can't. Can you just get up yourself? I, you only grilled your foot. No, forget it. I'll just get up myself. No! Ow! Oh! Oh, God! <laughs> oh, so good. How does he get trapped between the toilet and the wall? Who knows? <laughs> I always, I like that joke because it makes me think of the Larry Sanders show and that one throwaway gag line about, or I guess not throwaway, but the joke about Hank uh, shouting at Larry for laughing at him when he chipped his tooth on the urinal. What was so damn funny about that? (laughs) And his response is, it was a back tooth, Hank. I don't know how you did it. (laughs) See, I, I feel like, I don't know why, but when you take a physically implausible situation and throw a bathroom into the mix it gets a lot funnier yeah that's great (laughs) i also love how michael makes a very loud audible splash but then when we see him a minute or two later he's not wet at all yeah that's true somehow (laughs) (laughs) also should explain that when when toby says to ryan uh you just go for it huh Uh uh-huh ryan had just eaten the top off of a string cheese yeah not picking the strings off it right I really always liked that exchange, especially. I don't know why, just those two lines. It's not even a joke. No. But I always felt that it was just a very genuine moment. I feel like working in an office, that's the kind of conversation you have a thousand times a day. Like it's that true. right there. It's very true. Yeah. <laughs> it also establishes them as like normal, grounded people that. Yeah. You know. They're two of the normals. Yeah. For now. For now. But yeah. <laughs> Okay. And I, I like that it's just that how, it, like, Toby, they both share, like, a chuckle over it, and now it's not that funny, and that's just, again, it's just <laughs> real life. You're kind of, oh, here's something not funny. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, right. You know, just being affable. Yeah. <laughs> it's also hilarious that Toby can't come up with anything for Ryan, so he looks at Ryan, and, like, Ryan's doing, like, the, the throat <laughs> yeah. cut motion. Yeah. And I think Ryan's really trying to say, like, just tell him I'm not here. I can't yeah, do it. Yeah, just nix it. <laughs> Don't do it. He's dead. <laughs> Instead, Toby goes, Ryan's dead. <laughs> and you can tell he immediately kind of, like, wishes he hadn't 
said that. That is a stupid excuse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we cut to Jim going up to Pam's desk. He asks her if she thinks Dwight's being weird today. She says, no, actually, he's been really nice and helpful. Jim retorts, you don't think that's weird. (laughs) Pam, yeah, Pam kind of agrees with him. And Michael comes storming out of the bathroom. (laughs) Asks for everyone's attention. Phyllis, Oscar, Ryan, who's supposed to be dead. (laughs) He asks if anyone knows what it's like to have a disability. Phyllis raises her hand and she says she had scoliosis as a girl. Yep. (laughs) Michael's just like, I've never heard of that. It's a real doesn't problem, count. Not a, not a woman's issue. <laughs> not a woman's issue. <laughs> Which, by the way, scoliosis for it's, any of our listeners that don't know is not. It's like a serious spinal right alignment issue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Creed chimes in. Said when he was a teenager, he was in an iron lung. <laughs> what is Mugger's response? How, how, how old, old are you? Are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Again, a real serious problem, and also. In relation to Michael's question, I'm pretty sure iron lungs are still used when needed Yeah, in modern medicine. Well, dissatisfied with everybody's answer, Michael says, Well, the point is, I'm the only one here who has a legitimate disability, although I'm sure Stanley (laughs) has had his fair share of obstacles. I'm not disabled, and neither are you. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, you're getting it. Neither are you. (laughs) Michael throws one of his crutches across the room, sticks his foot wrapped in bubble wrap into Stanley's face and says, what does this look like to you, Stanley? Mailboxes, etc. Shut it. Okay. Well, you know what? Disabilities are not to be laughed at or laughed about. You people are jerks. Michael asks if they would have left him on the bathroom floor had he been Stevie Wonder. Oh, no. He says, no, we wouldn't do that. We love Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> I burned my foot. <laughs> yeah. Michael, Michael takes a second to let that answer wash over him. He kicks his foot into the air and says, I burned my foot. <laughs> Very loudly. He says, 20 minutes in the conference room. Everybody's in there. <laughs> Dwight turns to Creed standing behind him and says, Dad? <laughs> and I like that Creed just stares at him. We see long enough to yeah. see if Creed would respond or not. And it seems like he's gotten a response. I think for a second, Creed might be thinking, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's very possible that Creed could be Creed, Dwight's dad. Creed's made love to many women, often in the mud and the rain. Although Dwight has the has, does have those strong German genes. I don't know if. Well, it's possible Shrew could have slipped in. There'd be no way of knowing. <laughs> There'd be no way of knowing. <laughs> It's true. And uh, here we get a clip of the conference room meeting that Michael just set up. (laughs) While we are waiting for our special guest to arrive, I wanted you all to take a look at a few of the many, many disabled icons who have contributed so much to our society. Quick question. Yeah. Uh, Why is Tom Hanks on the wall twice? Good question. Forrest Gump, mentally challenged, Philadelphia, Hates. I think that's from Big. I don't think so, no. Yeah, he's dancing on a piano with Robert Loggia. He grew into a man overnight. Rare disability. Still works. <sighs> a crossword puzzle, Stanley? Seriously, are you learning nothing here? Mm-hmm. What do you mean, mm-hmm? 
I mean I'm learning nothing. Okay. Michael Scott. I'm looking for Michael Scott. Yes. Right in here. Good. Come on in. This, ladies and gentlemen, is our special guest. Sorry I'm late. Somebody parked in the handicapped parking space. Hey, everyone. I'm Billy Merchant. You may have seen me around here before. I'm the properties manager of this office park. You are so brave. You are so brave. Thank you. Actually, I've been meaning to come by here for a long time. But it's hard for you, right? Because you're in a wheelchair. No, I just have a lot of properties to manage. Let me ask you something. How long does it take for you to do something simple every day, like, like brush your teeth in the morning? I don't know, like 30 seconds? Oh, my God. That's three times as long as it takes me. How did you get in your wheelchair? This morning? Just like every other morning, just climbed on in. <laughs> hey, 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 not funny, not funny. Hey, hey, relax. Just uh, joking around here. Well, that's good. He uh, still has a sense of humor. Listen, I've actually used a chair since I was four years old. I don't really notice it anymore. Well, they do. They notice it, don't you? You notice it. It's the first thing you saw when he rolled in here, isn't it? I want to clamp Michael's face in a George Foreman grill. So, there are just a couple things I want to remind everybody of. Okay. First is parking. You can't block the freight entrance with your car, even if your blinkers are on. Does anybody have any questions? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dwight, you have your hand up. Ignore him. You know what? We're not that different, you and I. When I clamped my foot into a nonstick. You know what, Michael? Yeah. Let me stop you right there. Okay. And leave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. You are so brave. So brave. (laughs) Uh, I also just wanted to point out that on the wall of pictures, sharing that space with Tom Hanks is Helen Keller, who's deaf and blind. Mm Mm-hmm. Larry Flint, who's the publisher of uh, Hustler. Yeah, I, I didn't know he was paralyzed from a murder attempt. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I. Uh, Woody Harrelson did like a biopic right. of Larry Flint. That's yeah, the only reason I knew. Right. Yeah. And FDR was up there as well. Yes, that one I noticed. Who suffered from polio, right? I think so. Yeah. A lot of polio talk in this episode. It's true. <laughs> and, of course, Tom Hanks mm-hmm. is Forrest Gump. It's also very brief, but as soon as Michael says that he clamped his foot in a nonstick grill, instead of turning to Jim to laugh about the nonstick bit, Pam turns to Dwight. Oh, wow. So like, I did not notice that. Yeah. It's kind of like continued the theme that mm-hmm. Pam and Dwight are becoming friends. Yeah. Uh, so Billy Merchant, he's played by Marcus A. York. Um, he's seen in a few episodes. This is the first time we've seen him. He's also known for Fighting Words, Street Poet, and CSI New York. He was partially paralyzed by spinal injuries from an automobile accident and says it is his mission to change Hollywood stereotypical views of wheelchair users. I like that, um... You know, as opposed to Colton Dunn on Superstore, that they had a part for a handicapped person, and they actually cast a handicapped person. Why didn't they do that in Superstore? I don't know, and it 
perpetually bugs me. I actually yeah. was talking to my mom about that the other day, using Superstore as, as an example, because uh, she's in a wheelchair. Right. So, I mean, not from birth, but still, she's you right. know, in one. So, uh, yeah, and it, it seemed weird. Like, I was saying to her, there's got to be a non-zero number of comedic actors who are in wheelchairs, are in wheelchairs that could have absolutely played that part. Yeah. And I also feel like it's just a weird use of Colton Dunn because Colton Dunn is hilarious and his character right. in Superstore is very subdued and detached. And I feel like I've seen him be just super weird and wacky and he's always great. Yeah, no, it's true. So I don't know. It's weird on multiple levels. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, there's no change in it now. No. Maybe we'll get Justin Lin in here and we'll ask him what he was thinking. There you go. So we get a talking head with Michael asking the camera, did you see Born on 4th of July? I was <laughs> I, I was under the impression that Billy would be more like that guy. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. It's about a Vietnam War vet. Yeah. I was going to look up a trailer or something to get the reference, but I never got around to it. Oh, you never did. Did you? No. Uh, do you know what movie this is? No. I don't know why I was responding like I did. Yeah. I just started oh. off doing it and then was like, what am I doing? I haven't seen this either. <laughs> so uh, it stars Tom Cruise. Yeah. So he was born on the 4th of July. I imagine in a metaphorical sense. Right. You know what this looks like? Uh, just based on this one image that I'll share with you that I'm looking at. It looks like uh, Charlie Kelly in It's Always Sunny when he's pretending to have a wheelchair to try to pick up women was maybe going for a born on the 4th of July. Oh, yeah. Whoa. It's an interesting look for Tom Cruise. It is. Long hair and bearded, kind of crazy looking. Yeah. Well, Tom Cruise is good at playing crazy. That is true. Doesn't seem like it's a super long trip. <laughs> no. <laughs> so by the elevator, Billy asks Jim, what's wrong with that guy? And Jim says, today, he stepped on a George Foreman girl and burned his foot. No, the Moonface kid who got in the accident today. He looks like he has a concussion. It seems very weird, too, that nobody noticed or thought about this in conjunction with Dwight and with the vomiting and the car wreck. Absolutely. Prior to Billy bringing it up offhandedly to Jim. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the vomiting, especially. Like, that's a telltale sign. Or even the camera crew. Yeah, anybody. <laughs> And, I mean, the camera crew was capturing Dwight clearly losing his mind throughout the episode, too, with the Dwight in the folder. They just never thought to bring this up to somebody. Hey, you know, this guy seems to be having some problems. Maybe they just didn't want to interfere. You know, there's... I mean, there's interfering. There's interfering. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's like next generation level if we don't want to interfere. You know, sure, this alien species is about to nuclear holocaust itself, but eh, rules are rules. See ya. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> I mean, the stakes are a little lower. <laughs> Potentially higher for Dwight. Yeah. So Ryan enters Michael's office with a pudding cup on a plate with a napkin. And he's got a positive attitude. He says he found the ones he wanted at the gas station in Carbondale. Michael is impressed <laughs> by the effort in the presentation. And he asks if he got the yams. Ryan <laughs> says... The gas station in Carbondale had no fresh yams. Did not have fresh yams. I love the voice that Ryan's using when he says this. He's still talking. very positive. It's it's. I, but I feel like it's positive but condescending. It's like he's 
But yeah, a school teacher or a principal talking to a child. Just yes, right. Of course, yeah. Like, no, they didn't have the yams. But I mean, Michael <laughs> responds so well to it. Oh, he does. Yeah. But it's still funny that Ryan knows that it's just Howie. easier to take that path of least resistance at this. Right. Point. Yeah. <laughs> this is his day, no matter what he does. So. <laughs> And Michael says, okay, well, I guess I'll just eat the pudding cup. And Ryan says, is that okay? And Michael's like, yeah. And he also, Ryan has his own plan right now that he's putting into fruition. So, oh, yeah. You know, he knows that he can only really pull this off if he sells it right. It's true. And he did a, he did a good job. Surprising Ryan's not a better paper salesman. Right? <laughs> so I looked it up. Carbondale is about a half hour drive right. from Scranton. Yeah. Still an hour round trip for some pudding cups from a gas station. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I have a feeling Ryan is resourceful enough to have found those pudding cups closer than the gas station at Carbondale. Come back to work for an hour. Right. That's what I would have done. Absolutely. So we get a (laughs) talking head from Michael who's finishing up his pudding cup and he's telling us that he's feeling a lot better. Ryan's kindness healed his foot. We cut to Dwight in a daze. Michael crutches out of his office talking about how much better he's feeling. Says his body is literally healing itself. It's amazing what the brain can do. It's amazing what the body could do when you have a powerful brain. When you have a powerful brain. (laughs) And we get a talking head from Ryan talking about how he ground up four extra strength aspirin and mixed it into Michael's pudding. He does the same thing with his dog's heartworm medicine. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Michael continues that he can finally feel the blood coursing through his foot veins. <laughs> we hear a le- we hear a loud smash and then some groaning, and the camera pans over to Dwight, whose head is collapsed onto his desk. Yep. Jim walks over to him and says that he thinks they should take Dwight to the hospital. Thinks he might have a concussion. And also, Jim never mentioned what Billy said to him to anybody until Dwight literally collapses onto his desk. <laughs> what the hell, Jim? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I know it's not your favorite person, but come on, dude. Uh, <laughs> We're all people. So Michael's butthurt that Jim is showing Dwight compassion, even though Michael's been seeking it from literally <laughs> so everybody all day. It. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Oh, now you want to sh- show somebody some compassion. <laughs> Angela agrees that Dwight should see a doctor and thinks that Michael should go too, as he's Dwight's emergency contact. Michael asks, why don't you go with him? And Angela squirms a little bit, hesitates, and says, I, I barely know him. Dwight, looking at Michael longingly, in a distressed, childlike way, says, I want Michael to take me. <laughs> Michael says he can't. He doesn't have a car. And yours is all vomity. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith offers up her sweet ride, which is a brown and beige minivan. Uh huh. And Michael not being able to drive. Yeah, he can't drive because of his foot. Yeah, he assigns Jim the task of driving. So Jim lifts Dwight up from his chair, puts his arm over his shoulder, and begins to walk out. And we get a <laughs> yeah, we get a a funny clip of concussed Dwight. So let's just get my coat, please. Slowly. Let's just get to the elevator. What are you doing? Vietnam sounds. Stop, 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 stop. Tired. Just lay down. Wake up. Ah! Wait, here, let me help you, Dwight. Okay, get up. Get up. You have the bath. Just keep them away. Smells like chicken soup. I know. I have to go to the hospital. I know. 
Where are we going? I just want to say goodbye, okay? Well, I'll be back. I mean... Yes, I know, but it's going to be different. Why? It's just hard to explain. Oh, Pam, you're adorable. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Come here. Oh, huggy <laughs> hugs. Shotgun! You don't think you should sit in the back with Dwight? The rules of shotgun are very simple and very clear. The first person to shout shotgun when you're within the sight of the car gets the front seat. That's how the game's played. There are no exceptions for someone with a concussion. Oh, God, a minivan. What is Meredith's problem? Well, I think she has a kid. Yeah, she has one kid, no husband. She's not going to find one driving this thing around. Where are we going? Get inside. Where are we going? We're going to Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, God, I'm so sick of Chuck E. Cheese. We're going to the hospital, Michael. I know. Just saying. <laughs> I'm so sick of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> How often does he go to Chuck E. Cheese? Honestly, I don't think he would be allowed to go. He could be taking his nephew. I, I guess. Could be prior I to losing him in the forest. It. Right. I'm so, I'm so sick of Chuck E. Cheese. Oh my god! Oh, and yeah, yeah. It seems like a good rule to not let people into Chuck E. Cheese if they don't have a child. Absolutely don't. not. I love, I love when Dwight, Dwight says, "Smells like chicken soup." I know. It's funny because I know exactly what he's referring to. Yeah. Have you ever like hit your head hard enough to like kind Smell of chicken soup? Yeah. I don't know, maybe. it's That doesn't smell exactly like chicken soup, but it's like this weird... Huh. It's even it's almost more of like a sensation in your olfactories, but... Interesting. Some, it does trigger like things in your brain. Weird. Yeah. No, maybe not then. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. I've definitely had that throughout times. Maybe I was slightly concussed and I didn't even know. Maybe. Yeah. Seems like for a slight concussion, there's not really much to do anyway, so. Yeah. As long as it didn't happen in the past, like, day. No. You're good. Yeah. Probably. Fingers crossed. Indeed. Well, yeah, no, that's interesting. I always assumed maybe it had something to do with, like, the water bottle being, like, a little mildewy or something. That I mean, I don't know why mildew would smell like chicken soup, but that Jim was using to spray him in the face. Oh, yeah. From the plant. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that Jim takes that water bottle with them in the car. Oh, yeah. He just keeps it on him. Well, it's a good tool to keep Dwight awake. It is. Yeah. Nothing quite as jarring as getting sprayed in the face. No. I mean, it even works on Michael, as we're about to see. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we cut to everyone in the car. Meredith's van. Yeah, Meredith's minivan. I also like Michael's comments about <laughs> yeah, the minivan. The minivan. You see it. I mean, to be fair, it is like a very ugly old minivan, but yeah. still. Jim, I think she has a kid. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> husband. She's not going to get one driving this thing around. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, in the car, Michael turns to Dwight, asks what he's drinking. We see Dwight with a small bottle of liquor in his hands that he claims he found under the back seat. Yeah, looks like it's like a flask size thing yeah. of whiskey. Right, something. <laughs> Jim overhears what they're saying and he like looks in the rearview mirror and he's like, "What? No. No. Don't don't drink that. Put the bottle down." <laughs> so, Dwight protests and Jim starts spraying him in thirsty. the face <laughs> with the water bottle. Yeah, Dwight says he's thirsty and he goes to drink it. Jim starts spraying him before he can get the bottle to his face. Jim says, Dwight, give the bottle to Michael. Michael says, give him the bottle or, or you're fired. 
you can't fire me. I don't work in this van. (laughs) (laughs) Michael becomes irate and starts shouting at Dwight to give him the bottle while flailing and reaching for it, (laughs) which is only making matters worse. So (laughs) Jim tells Michael to stop and starts spraying both of them in the face with the bottle at the same time. And everything just devolves and turns into, like, screaming and flailing. And I love how intensely Dwight's screaming. <laughs> I know. Forlornly. <laughs> no! He's, like, wailing. Just, ah! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My eyes! <laughs> My eyes! <laughs> oh, man. But making no movement to block the water from spraying Yeah, no, he's phases. clutching the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> So in the hospital, we see Michael filling out the intake forms. He asks Dwight his middle name. Dwight says danger. (laughs) Of course. Michael says it's something with a K. Jim says it's Kurt. He's like, oh man, I'm so sad that I know that. (laughs) Uh, Michael asks what he should write under the reason for the visit. And Jim says (laughs) concussion. And asks Michael what he wrote when he sees him crossing out what he had written. (laughs) Michael says nothing. Taking someone to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they meant your reason for visiting? (laughs) Jim accuses Michael of thinking that the form was for him and not for the person they were admitting to the hospital. (laughs) Michael says, it's not about me anymore, Jim. I've made a miraculous recovery. You can't say the same for Dwight. Dwight starts to nod off and lean into Jim before his head hits Jim's shoulder. Jim sprays him in the face to wake him up with the water bottle. <laughs> I love it because he got it right in Dwight's mouth. Yeah, and Dwight <laughs> spits out the water. It's like, blah. And then turns and sees, oh, hi, Michael. Yeah. Hello, Dwight. <laughs> so we cut to a doctor shining a light in the Dwight's eyes. And Dwight's reacting as if he's, like, eating disgusting food. Yeah, his reactions like, are hilarious. <laughs> I think that would be the most troubling part of that exam if I was the doctor, I would think. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) So Michael asks the doctor, what is more serious, a head injury or a foot injury? A head injury. Yeah, almost before Michael can even finish, the doctor says, head injury. Well, you don't have all the information. (laughs) (laughs) The foot has been fairly severely burned and healed quickly, very quickly. Suspiciously quickly. Actually... Suspiciously quickly. (laughs) The doctor tells Dwight he's ordering a CAT scan. And Michael asks if he can stick his foot in while he's got the machine up and running. The doctor explains that you just need to look at the foot to diagnose a burn. And Michael asks what kind of machine he needs for that. The doctor asks, does it look red and swollen? And Dwight gets in a, that's what she said. (laughs) I like the doctor enjoys it. Yeah, the doctor starts, like, laughing. And Michael's just in the back pissed that Dwight stole his joke. And I feel like it's, like, one of the, it's the first and maybe the only time that Dwight ever turns to the camera and kind of does the little Michael, like, smile of, like, yeah, the show I'm putting on. It's true. (laughs) I feel like Dwight definitely looks to the camera to assert different things, but it's never to make a joke. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the doctor is played by David Doty? 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 Doty. 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 I don't know. He's been acting since 1988. Uh, His credits include The Outsiders, Parent Trap, 
the Lindsay Lohan version. Ah. Star Trek Voyager, Ally McBeal, Orange County, Minority Report, Sea Biscuit, Scrubs, Weeds, and Walk Hard. Some roles in these things were larger than others, but chances are you've seen this guy acting before. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we see the nurse wheeling Dwight into the CAT scan room. She looks at the camera and to Michael and says, no electronics past this point. Michael says, it's okay, they're with me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no metal allowed of any kind. Michael turns to Dwight and says, this is as far as I can take you. This makes Dwight sad, and the nurse kind of guilts Michael into joining Dwight with a cold glance. Yep. <laughs> Did you notice, by the way, the poster in the hallway of this hospital that they no. go past? Because I never noticed it till this watch. Uh. It's behind a shelf that's filled with pillows and blankets, but you can make out they're not stacked high enough to block the poster. Uh-huh. I, I doubt that this poster exists in any real-life hospital, but it... You can't make out all of what's on it, but the largest word, which takes up about half the page, is just a uppercase D and then an apostrophe and then the word abetus. <laughs> so it just says diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. So like, I don't know where they got that from or why they thought to, this was someone in the prop department just thought it would be funny, just post it up on the wall. Hmm. Diabetes. <laughs> I mean, maybe they made it specifically for the show. Maybe, yeah, but it's, it seemed like a play on, I guess, like those old Wilford Brimley yeah, commercials. Diabetes. Yeah. Got the diabetes. <laughs> I highly doubt any real-life hospital has a poster that says diabetes. No. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, after the nurse guilts Michael into going in with Dwight, Michael begrudgingly removes his mic and puts down his crutches, and the audio goes silent and he hops into the CAT scan room with Dwight. We see Jim in the waiting room. He calls Pam, tells her that everything's cool with Dwight, and they should be back shortly. While on the phone, Pam notices that Angela is eavesdropping in on the conversation. Uh, you know, probably nervous about Dwight. And, of course. Yeah. And she's not being very subtle about it either. She's just standing straight up, yeah. and then when, Jim, or when Pam turns around and spots her, she just ducks down like... right. You know, like, a, I don't know what it's like. Like someone in a comedy movie who's trying to pull off a caper of some kind. Like a meerkat. Yeah, meerkat. <laughs> so to settle her nerves, Pam informs Oscar of Dwight's condition. And she does this as to not obviously single out Angela, mm -hmm. this information. I also like that Oscar just takes it in stride, has no questions. Just, yeah, it's just like... Yeah, oh, okay. Pam's coming to inform him specifically about how Dwight's doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> so we cut to Michael holding Dwight's foot in the CAT scan room. As, Comforting. As Dwight's. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Michael's hand is just like over Dwight's toes. Yeah. I could see where he's going with it. It's like yeah. the same as holding someone's hand if they're scared, but his arms are fully in the machine. Right. <laughs> and... Uh, Michael feels something on his fingers after holding Dwight's foot for a little while, and he looks at his hand. He brings his fingers to his nose, <laughs> smells his fingers, and an expression of disgust <laughs> stretches out across his face. What do you think he felt? I, I just thought that he just noticed, he just thought about for the first time how he was holding Dwight's foot. 
Oh, that might be it. I mean, I think it was just like the way he looks at his fingers. It's almost like he's looking for something that uh, he maybe. feels there and then smells it. Yeah. I mean, like you, a little you, sweaty or something. Yeah, I think that's all it is, really. I mean, it's gross. But yeah, I just my <laughs> takeaway was that he is, yeah, like holding the foot comfortingly. And then he realizes what he's doing as like Dwight's foot's about to be taken from him into the machine. <laughs> yeah. And then he looks down at his hand and is like rubbing his fingers together like I was just holding Dwight's foot. And it's like, I feel like the human instinct when you're encountered with something you know is not going to smell great. You're like, I kind of want to smell it. Yeah. I know it's going to be bad, but I'm going to do it. And then he does it. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) But yeah, it took me so many watch throughs to notice that. Right. And the expression on his face when he does. I I remember you pointing this out to me specifically when you you first discovered it. I think you had already spotted it before. There was nothing new to you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's so good. (laughs) But yeah, I love the expression on his face. And it makes it. All the better that he's not mic'd up, so there's no audio, so you just right. see silent <laughs> yeah. Michael recoiling in disgust. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the nurse instructs Dwight to inhale with her on three. She begins the countdown, and Michael <laughs> scrambles and sticks his foot into the machine right before she reaches three. <laughs> so the nurse stops the countdown and just says, sir, stop, stop that, <laughs> sir, stop, stop that, stop. <laughs> and then it cuts to credits. <laughs> oh. oh, Michael. Great episode. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we move into ratings? Let's do it. All right. Ratings. Ratings. Nice. So I guess it's on me. I think it's that's it flip flops every time, doesn't it? Flippity flappity. I actually wrote down my stuff Bippity so bappity. I don't have to scratch my head and come up with random things. G- and- give me the zappity. I can just use my delay in the explanation of how I wrote it. That could be my delay. Nice. So I got your zappity. All right. For this episode, should I start with the MVP or for the rating? It's your call. All right. However you think it's best presented. Well, I'll go with the way I wrote it. I'm going to start with my MVP for the episode. I'm going to give it to Dwight Danger Schrute. I mean, for obvious reasons, we've been talking about it for the past however long this has been, so I feel like I don't even really need to go into it, but he's great from the get-go. I'm right there with you. And uh, I also did for the first time this week a runner-up for MVP, because there were a couple moments in this episode where I was just loving, I was really grooving with this character, and uh, they didn't quite make it to the best, but... uh, I'm going to give runner-up to Stanley. I for knew just that was coming. His complete <laughs> and utter lack of caring about Michael and that he's just, every time Michael tries to get anything from Stanley, he's got a little quip or a one-liner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some really good Stanley sass in yep. this episode. A lot of sass. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Stanley's the runner-up, and I'm going to give the episode as a whole 10 out of 10 huggy hugs. Whoa! Yeah, two tens in a row. Two tens in a row. I just don't know what else to give it. It's a great episode. I love it. I love when it comes up in a rotation. I love watching it alone. I loved watching it again. This time, I didn't even really take 
that many notes because I was just enjoying watching it. <laughs> and it was one of those episodes that I felt like if I was I was doing this a few points with the booze cruise, and I feel like if I was doing the outline of this week, I could have done it too, where before a line was uttered, I was writing down lines in the booze cruise. I was like, I know what this line uh, is word for word. Yeah, yeah. So I could just type this out because it's worth mentioning. Right. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's just one of the most memorable episodes. Yeah. It establishes the Pam and Dwight friendship, which yeah. is not a once off. It's not. It continues and deepens. It's true. Yeah. They become very good friends. In an unspoken way. That becomes spoken as the series. It goes becomes on. spoken, yeah. but for for the initial uh, rollout of their relationship, it's largely like an unspoken, even kind of behind the scenes. It is, and it's still antagonistic at points. But yeah, but I feel like they from this episode on, there's a warmness there that's never there prior to it. Agreed, and it intensifies. I mean, I'm thinking about much later in the series where, and I think it's just the way Dwight interacts with everybody when Pam is a. Uh, or when Dwight was going out of the office for some reason and speaking to Pam on the phone and she asked Dwight if he can stop by the store and grab these like groceries for her. And he starts giving her a hard time about it. And she's like, well, come on, Dwight. Like, I really need, he's like, oh, shut up, Pam. Like, obviously I'm going to get that stuff for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't obvious from the tone. And then he just hangs up on her. I feel like that really says it all. <laughs> it does. But yeah, that's my rating. I'm sticking to it. 10 out of 10 huggy hugs. I mean, how can you not give this episode a 10? I don't know. So I'm going to do it too. All right. 10 out of 10. Bloody stumps of a foot. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Easily. <laughs> Probably my favorite line in this episode. <laughs> I'm just sitting here with a bloody stump of a foot. <laughs> I just love how he delivers that line. Like, it's really just so horrible. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, like I feel like the only flaw I could really point out in this episode we already discussed, How which dare was you. which was when uh Dwight says my duties are to. Oh right. That's like the only thing I would change about this episode, I think. Yeah, and even that I feel like doesn't detract for me. No. It's fine. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's great. Maybe the minor imperfection lends itself towards a greater authenticity. Hmm. I like that perspective. I also love in this episode, this is easily the most pathetic we've ever seen, Michael. Yeah. We, I just love how much he milks being in that <laughs> position. Just people waiting on him hand and foot. Well, Ryan waiting on him hand and foot. He just wants everyone to treat him like they're close, like he's a close family member who's undergone <laughs> a serious trauma. Yeah, serious physical trauma. <laughs> he doesn't think that's too much to ask. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And he, Steve Carell just nails it. He and does. Rain Wilson just, man, concussed Dwight. So good. A lot of fun. Yeah, it was. His noises. Vietnam sounds. <laughs> what are you doing? Vietnam sounds. <laughs> I feel like he was he got that from uh, Apocalypse Now because like, yeah. that movie opens with the. It's actually just a synth repeating the same note, but it makes ah, it sound like a helicopter uh, blade whipping the air. Good but yeah, know. amazing episode. Yes, two in a row. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder if we'll ever hit another point in this series where we get to 10 out of 10s back to back. I don't know. What do we have next? Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Um, The Secret? Secret. I think this is when oh, uh, yeah. it starts playing out that Michael can't. Oh, this is a great episode. I know. I know. Excited. Maybe we'll get a... Michael, are you wearing a wig? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get a triple threat. Might do. Yeah. I do love this episode, so... I do. I don't know if I'm gonna be if I'm quite as over the moon with it as I am with Booze Cruise These and two, the yeah. injury, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah, yeah. We are. We'll we are. Mind. We are watching the show kind of in a different way uh-huh. than we ever have. So we'll I wonder. See. I wonder if we'll get to a point where we'll start to run into the issue with our rating every episode out of 10 like the sign cast people did which is like led them to stop doing it eventually oh really like the minimum they would be like one of them would say they hate an episode like of all the episodes of seinfeld is the one they just never enjoyed on any level yeah it's just horrible they skip it if it comes up they don't like watching it and they give it like a seven (laughs) (laughs) they're just like you know it's still better than 90 percent of tv shows any episode that they do but for seinfeld yeah, we'll I see. feel like you've got to kind of rate a show. Well, I don't, maybe we don't. I was going to say you've got to kind of rate a show between like zero being the worst episode and 10 being the absolute best. What would you give a zero to, though, in the office? Cause That's I, what I'm saying. I don't know. The clip show? But even that. I feel like even the between clip scenes, there's some good stuff yeah, in there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. I can't think of any. So our, our scale is just way off remains to be seen you say it's a bell curve like an iq score you know i don't think they've ever scored anybody with a zero iq and somehow that system still works so ah fair enough let's just go with it i mean if you're zero iq you're essentially dead i guess that's true you have like zero brain activity your body's not even breathing on its own i don't know if the iq measures that but i see your point because <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure somebody who can't even like speak or you know, express language in any way has at least an IQ of like 40. Probably. I guess you really, I mean, they could have an IQ of way higher. You would just run into a lot of issues of how you, you would you ever determine? Yeah. It? I don't think you'd ever determine, yeah. you know, hypothetically somebody that never learns to speak for whatever reason could have an IQ of like 200. But if you can't test their IQ, then you're yeah. luck. I feel like most IQ tests come down to, are you good at taking tests? Yeah. This is how good at taking tests you are. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us, paper people. Yeah. We're still chugging along on our Apple Podcast slash Stitcher review challenge. So it's true. If you leave us a review on any of those sites and send us a screenshot with your address, we will send you stickers. And they're pretty good stickers. We will shower upon you images with adhesive that stick to things. You got a bumper sticker size one? There is, and those are limited. So yeah. if you want a bumper sticker. I actually just put one of those on my car earlier today. Boom. The only reason I hadn't earlier is my car was filthy, and I only got it washed like two days ago. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking I need to wash my car really bad. Yeah, so I figured I was like, I resisted the urge to put it on. So I was like, if I put it on now, I know that it's just going to come off. It would. Wink. Yeah. It would, it would not have a good seal. It definitely would. Yep. So I feel pretty good about it now, though. All I don't right. Think it's coming off anytime soon. Yeah. 
Yeah. Advertise our show in the real world. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. We will catch you next week. Catch you later. Paper. <laughs> Look at what they did to me, they burned me, they turned me into an animal, they flip, son, they burned me. To the first degree, me, son, they hurt me. I looked out for the motherfuckers, they burned me. I was good, now I'm bad, see, they done turned me into a monster, I can't believe they burned me. I showed them love, they showed me hate, they burned me. Now I'm heartless, your pain don't concern me. Out of Paper is not endorsed by DLD Productions or NBC and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The Office, the Office logo, and all character, pictures, and audio of The Office are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their registered copyright holders.